0: Developing the Leader Within is a podcast that focuses on leadership, management, and career development. We nosedive into the areas that are holding you back from your full potential. Let us begin. Welcome back, everybody, to the very last episode of 2020 of Developing the Leader Within podcast. I'm your host, Enrique Acosta-Gonzalez. And today I have Davida Ginter with me uh, all the way from Israel. And uh, well, as a believer, you already know Israel has a a (laughs) special, special part uh, in my heart, but we're going to be discussing something. And we were just chatting before the show, uh, how strategically things are placed within the bodies of the show. But we're going to be discussing leadership and burnout. So uh, David, I uh, thank you, first of all, for sharing your evening with me uh, and the guests. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do.
1: Thank you for inviting me. Uh, It's a pleasure being here and having this conversation. And yeah, you said I'm from Israel. I'm located in Israel. Um, I live here with my family, my kids and my husband. And... I'd say that my core is to be a change maker. I care about making a positive change in the world. So, and I started a few years ago, it was actually many years ago, I was invested in the field of sustainability, both environmental and social sustainability. And I'm still very passionate about this field, of course, um, and the intersection of this with leadership. So I have been working with leaders to mobilize social and environmental change. And while doing that and working on that mission, I noticed so many of my colleagues and the people I've been working with burning out in that process. And that got me very curious to understand why. Why is this happening amongst us change makers, sustainability practitioners, social leaders? And not only why, but also how can we work with that? What can we do differently so we won't get burned out? And that led me to the journey that I'm carrying still today. This is my current focus. So I've written a book about burnout prevention. It's called Burning Out Won't Get You There. And I have started working hands-on with... um, Burnout prevention, cultivating well-being, helping, supporting leaders and then organizations um, with, you know, cultivating this well-being and emotional resilience. And this is what I do. This is um, my current focus of myself and my team. Yeah, that's that's about me.
0: Oh, I love it. Uh, and, and we had discussed the book briefly before we started. And folks, uh, at the end of the show. I want to make sure that you get the information on the book. Uh, I'm on the order list right now, right? Because I want to read it. Mm -hmm. I want to digest it. I want to be ready. And that's why we're going to be talking about that specific topic today. Uh, 2020 uh, will be ingrained in everybody's mind that is alive, uh, whether you're a child or an adult, full grown and way in age. Um, there's never been a challenge like we've faced this year uh, for the entire world, right? So this is not just a stateside thing. It's not uh, just a Middle East thing. It's not just an Asia thing. This is everyone all at the same time. So uh, burnout is an issue that we are all facing, or at least have the great potential to face. And so that's why I wanted to end the year uh, covering this specific topic to prepare, uh, well, first of all, to identify and then go through uh, the processes of uh, how, what does that look like. And also at the end of uh, our talk, we're going to be talking about preparation of next year, which is just around the corner. Uh, and how, how do we uh, get there? So uh, thank you for all that you do in the field of burnout all the talks that you have, because you are impacting our workforce like you would not believe. So thank you for that. So let's let's go right into the questions uh, Mm. concerning burnout, because uh, I'm sure plenty of people want to know. First of all, I would uh, like for you to discuss maybe what burnout is, because, you know, it's a it's a name. We know what that kind of is. But what does it what does it really uh, define by? And what does it look like?
1: Yeah. And, and that's a good question to start with because sometimes people, um, you know, just throw in the conversation casually, I'm burnt out, just like people say, I'm depressed. And maybe people are not burnt out just as they're not clinically depressed, which, by the way, are totally two separate things. And so burnout, by definition is the state in which someone suffers uh, chronic or continuous stress. So we all face stress in life, and that's perfectly fine. Stress by itself, it's not a negative thing. We can deal with stress. It can actually push us towards pursuing our goal. That's that's not a problem. The problem starts when stress becomes chronic. It becomes a daily challenge and it piles up so many stressors and we are not managing that well therefore the definition of burnout is chronic stress that has not been successfully managed but it is related to work doesn't have to be a paid work it could be a mission that we are working on it could be um, a project maybe even a voluntary one but it's something that we work on and burnout is related to that but that's you know That's the formal definition. I have my addition uh, to how burnout looks, feels, and being defined. And I always see burnout also as a lack of choice or what we perceive as a lack of choice and erosion of our freedom. So many people are burnt out because we think we can't choose our priorities or setting boundaries or that we don't have time for self-care. So those are just different uh, pieces and bits uh, out of, of bigger issue uh, of burnout. But just to give an example, how this lack of choice look like. And burnout is basically, as you said, so what does it look like? It feels like big exhaustion, Uh, That's one of the biggest signs of burnout, being exhausted. And it's not just physical exhaustion. When someone gets enough sleep, but they are still tired day after day, it's a sign of emotional exhaustion, you know, being projected physically. And burnout is also seen as feelings of um, cynicism and being negative towards your work or your mission, maybe your colleagues, maybe your boss. So you suddenly feel disconnected from what you're working on or working with. And lastly, burnout is usually seen and being spotted by a feeling of reduced effectivity and productivity. And I'll add to that creativity because we can't create when we are on a sort in a survival mode so this is basically how burnout generally looks and feels. like it, it could differ of course from one person to another but that is usually the common um, state that is being seen as
0: that's wonderful thank you for that descriptor because that it, it- actually provides a tangible thing to a definition usually we don't get that Um, Mm. but now people will be able to see oh yeah that hey that's might be a sign of that this person is burning out and so uh which brings me to my next thing is you know i i've been one that has been affected by stress to the point where you feel burned out i mean it, it, the stress was so overwhelming that it paralyzes you. Uh, and and you, you talked about the lack of creativity. Talk about somebody that's always used to being on his, on his toes and, and speaking and, and my mind would shut down. It, it, you would try and there'd be nothing. And so I, I know that full well. So having experienced that, you having seen others experience that uh, what can I do if I'm exhibiting those signs of burnout
1: in yourselves or within others
0: yeah let's say I'm I'm uh, you know I'm asking like in in a personal level not just mm, me but mm, as yeah. a person as a person uh, you know if, if I'm noticing signs and, uh, and, and and it's looking and it's sounding and it's feeling yeah, <laughs> like yeah. it's out what what can I do?
1: Yeah, so now when I started um, this journey as I described uh, for, for for the book, I've interviewed many people, uh, change makers, leaders all over the world. I was I wanted to know if it's different from one place to another from one. Country or even continent to another, and the more I explore into that, the more I gathered personal stories, but also advice being shared. So I kept asking, "What would you do differently now?" Looking, you know, in hindsight, or I went to experts from different fields and asked "What would you advise um, change makers, entrepreneurs, founders, educators? What would you recommend them to do in order to?" guard themselves from burning out and I kept getting advice on this personal level on the individual level but at some point it felt like I was questioning that is this enough that individuals will take all the responsibility to prevent burnout and after a long um, query with this I realized that, Absolutely not. So it's a shared responsibility of the individuals and the systems that are operating within. It could be organizations, it could be the workplace, it could be their families even. But coming back to your question, what one can do if I need to divide it very generally, so one is a set of personal practices to maintain well-being in order to prevent burnout. But the other aspect, and it's Important as well, maybe even more important, is to change the system. Now, I'm asking something big, maybe even huge. How can we change a system, right? But it's required, it's needed that we push the systems, we push the boundaries to change something so profound as those organizations that we operate within, Is those institutions or the education system, whatever it is that contributes to the situation that might be burnout. Going back to the individual. So I'm going in rounds here because this is life, right? Life is complex. It's a spiral. But going back to the individuals, what we can do? Well, first, we don't need to blindly follow other people's advice. That's the first, I always say that could be even more harmful so if I see, I don't know, for example another person meditating and they say, oh, it's really helpful for for me, like for them it doesn't necessarily mean that I need to do exactly the same to maintain my well-being and don't get me wrong I have nothing against meditation but I wouldn't want to enforce any advice on anyone. this is so personal so the first thing Do your self-inquiry. You know, listen to advice, right? observe those practices, but choose for yourself what serves you in the best possible way. So those could be um, mindfulness, but also movement or creativity or self-reflection through uh, journaling, sports, whatever it is, arts, whatever it is that's re-energizing you. And helps you maintain this well being on a regular basis. Because you know, when I see people work hard, hard, like all the time, and again, nothing wrong with working hard, but getting stressed. And then they run away for a retreat and say, all right, so this will solve the problem. No, it won't. We are going back to the very same system, the very same routine that got us stressed out and burned out from the first place. So what, right? so what we want to do is to change this routine by or through those well-being practices. We want to do something consistent that supports our emotional well-being and resilience to prevent burnout. And this is on the individual level, of course.
0: Yeah, no, I, I love what you just said, uh, especially the part of it. And, and when you said it, it likened, in my head, a scenario of self-medication, right? You don't go to this pharmacy and just pick out of a shelf Mm -hmm. something that says, oh, that helped me with upset stomach oil, let let me use it. You you don't do that. Uh, More importantly, uh, not only in your physical, but in your emotional and mental well-being, you don't want to self-medicate Uh, just because it worked with someone else. And I I love that, that you bring it up because uh, this journey is singular. We're affected by others, but the journey is singular. The issue is singular. And we have to figure out what truly is needed, number one, and what would best be applied Uh, because not everything is gonna work and not everything is going to and in our best interest. Right. So I I love that you, that you mentioned that. Um, So since we're on a leadership podcast and we're talking about uh, we're talking about things that not only affect us personally, but also can be uh, affected by a leader. um, Let's, Mm -hmm. let's, let's talk a little bit about uh, a person in leadership that is now seeing things, uh, you know, spark off as a possible burnout situation for one of your uh, co-workers or one of your counterparts, um, maybe one of your bosses, because they, hey, everybody's subject to it. <laughs> um, uh, what, as a leader, what can I do to help others um, if I see this, you know, popping up?
1: Yeah, and I love this question because I believe this is so true. This is our responsibility as leaders to prevent this situation. Um, and this is exactly, it corresponds to what I said before. So the system is also responsible. But what is the system? The system is people. The system is people and it's being driven by people and it's being led by those leaders. So what can we do as leaders we need to listen. We need to start listening before we talk. We need to ask people, hey, how are you? And really a minute. We need to allocate time to explore those needs of those people that we are leading. Before, Because if I'm leading a team or mission or project or a full organization or, I don't know, a country, whatever it is, I'm leading people Way before I'm leading this mission in those policies and those guidelines, I'm leading people. I'm interacting with people. Why would I go and jump and check the policies and legislation and the mission and the deadline before I'm checking in with my people? That doesn't make any sense if I want those people to thrive. So, the first thing we need to start listening really, like deep listening. And beyond that, we need to open up the space for people to interact on a very um, engaged way. I love participatory leadership. This is the methodology that we also use in our work when we work with leaders or organizations with burnout prevention, because I think that the more you enable people to participate in the process and the more engaged they are, the better the solutions are because they are coming from those who are in this situation. So as a leaders, I would recommend just go and ask and engage the people that you care about. They have the wisdom. They have everything. They need the space to be heard and involved. More than that, and that goes back to that system that I mentioned before. As leaders, we can... We need the guts to change what needs to be changed. If I'm working within even a company, a business company, right? This is the, the common example. And I see that something maybe serves the bottom line, but my people are depleted, are burnt out. There is something wrong there. And I ask, I've sat with CEOs and asked them, what's your definition of success? And they said beautiful things about the organization. And then I said, hey, you didn't say anything about well-being in your definition of success. They said, oh, like there was a moment of silence there. Because we can, as leaders, challenge this definition of success, incorporate well-being, incorporate people's needs and well-being into this definition. So yeah, we can push, we can change. We just need the courage. To do that, you know, to stand up and say, hey, something is wrong here, and I can change this. Will you join me?
0: Yeah, I, I love that. Uh, you, you know very well by uh, by knowing me most of this year, uh, success is one of the things that I always surround myself. Mm-hmm. I, I got the hashtag, I got success to success, and, uh, you know, it, it's really, and I, as you was talking, I, I envisioned... Uh, You know, the the leadership responsibility uh, in this particular matter, which is probably one of the biggest things that will, it won't only cost you in terms of your people, it'll it'll cost your bottom line. So it's got, you know, most leaders, they just want to know about the bottom line. Well, let me tell you, this is the bottom line effector. This right here will not only run through your people, but will run through your leadership, and will cost you more than you care to to know. So, uh, you know, the role, that role of a leader in the the subject of burnout is so critical. But you mentioned the system, and I love that because that's really where I go and I try to affect. I try to affect the system. It's usually leaders that suck in the other version. uh, It's because the system is allowing them to. They've gotten to a po- a point in whatever uh, trajectory in the career uh, they've been comfortable. They've been allowed to be comfortable. It's a, it's an enablement uh, uh, because now the leader doesn't have to do as much. They they got to the spot. They got the corner office. They got the wood grain desk and a, and the book, uh, you know, the bookcase and, and, and they're having, you know, lunch and golfing outings and all this. So now they don't have to put in um, a lot of the work there, but guess what? Uh, your people are still, be, you know, going through this process of burnout, and it's not a one day to another thing. It just, it just, you just don't get to a job and tomorrow you're burned out unless you wasn't really cut out for that job, right? Uh, this is a process. This yes. is a, a daily process where your emotions, your your psyche, your physical is being affected by conditions set by a system. And so I love that you bring that up because it truly is where leaders can make the biggest, ef- uh, uh, you know, have the biggest effect on your people. Look out for these signs, identify these signs. Uh, obviously first you have to be savvy enough to I- be able to identify these. Um and do something about it the 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 leaders that do the best are the courageous ones uh they don't uh regard their job over their people right and it's a tough it's a tough ask right it it really is a tough ask but are you a leader or you're not that's just it
1: yeah Uh, it's exactly that because one of the most dangerous lines the way i see it is this is this has always been done this way, right? I I guess you're familiar with the sentence. And the problem here is that we are caught in this fixation in the way that things have been done traditionally, but it doesn't serve us any longer. We just perpetuate a broken system and, and, and that's, for me, a very, very dangerous place. And this is exactly where I see leadership needed now, right? This is not just about managing the people. This is about taking the bold steps to question the system and the old-fashioned, old paradigm thinking.
0: I totally agree. And, and folks, the reason why we're talking about this today, right, before we start this next year, is because we can't do nothing about 2020 anymore. I mean, that, yes. we're closing it out, right? So uh, the mistakes that were done in 2020, they're done. Yeah. You know, no sense in crying over spoil, spoiled milk. People were hurt uh, by poor leadership. Yet once again, another year. But we're trying to give an, an opportunity to address the things that really matter before we get into 2021 because now we're going to go into another year we do not want to perpetuate as you well said there uh, uh, in your last comment we don't want to continue a perpetual uh, devastation at the leadership level and this is one of the ways that we do it we address issues uh, via podcast via shows via books uh, and so this is your opportunity as a leader to say, "You know what yeah i- I might have messed it up in twenty twenty again, but twenty twenty one i'm going to do a little better so uh which brings me into the my 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 next question, which is here we are at at the cusp of twenty twenty one we all know what twenty twenty looked like uh we're hoping that twenty twenty one doesn't look the same." uh but uh you know for all intents and purposes you know it may it may look a little like it but what can definitely change is the leadership's attitude the leadership's perspective the leadership's approach at this next coming year so um, how do i prepare uh to address burnout right from the gate
1: yeah yeah, well, <laughs> reflecting back, it has been a, a roller coaster this year. And how do we prepare? I'd say let's change the way we prepare. So, for example, if there's well, 2020 obviously taught us a lot of things, but one of them was that prepare a plan doesn't always um, becomes a reality, right? In This year we threw out of the window most of our plans and we had to pivot and we had to change and we had to adjust, you know, all of those things. So what we really needed is leadership that can attend uncertainty and facing the unknown and adversity. So what if we are prepared to face those challenges, Rather than, you know, prepared by having all those planes that eventually are irrelevant. So, if you ask me, how can we prepare leaders for 2021, especially in the field of well-being and burnout prevention, is to focus on those areas that will always be relevant: emotional intelligence, those skills people call them soft skills. I'm not sure why. <laughs> Um, human skills, right? Those capacities to lead people, to engage with people, to interact with people? How would we prepare to build trust and maintain it? How would we prepare to improve communication and work on that? How would we prepare to set environment in which all the voices in the room are being heard because of diversity, because we want people to be heard, because we care about their opinions, et cetera. So if you ask me how we can prepare, first of all, we just need to change the way we prepare and attend those areas that could be part of any organization and any business. Businesses are not just about marketing, finance. What about well-being as a strategy? But that brings me to the other type of preparation, which is to actually treat well-being as a strategy. Strategy by itself is, again, not a bad thing if it allows you to navigate within this frame. So you have a vision, either marketing, finance, or well-being, and the way there is flexible enough so you can work in complexity. And this year has shown us how complexity looks like. So the preparation could be to incorporate well-being in a strategic way that allows us to walk with ourselves and with the people that we are leading towards well-being and just be ready for whatever comes because we are more resilient that way.
0: Yeah, I love that. And and folks, if, if you're in leadership or you're in the executive suite, you're listening to this. This is your opportunity. Uh let it let it not be said that you did not hear it. <laughs> if you didn't hear the podcast, I I give you a, a an excuse, but if you heard this podcast a, and and this is your opportunity to treat some of these things as part of your strategy. This is that was well said. I love that. Uh, everything in corporate is usually wrapped around some type of strategy. If you have not incorporated the things that we've gone through already, right? It, it 2020 should have done one thing. It should have taught you some things. Uh, and, and if you did not uh, plan to bring that in to your next year's strategy, hoping that it you, you will be back to normal, whatever that was, you know, in in 2019, uh, then what you're doing is you're negating the lessons of 2020. You you have to incorporate wellness, uh, stability, and bring people to the table that normally weren't. Um, I you know, as you was talking, I saw a scenario, and that's usually what happens when when I have my guests there talking, and in my head I have scenarios mm-hmm. going on. And I saw this CEO just bring everybody in and say, look, we, we're, we're together, we survived. 2021's coming, I need everybody's input. If you do not share and you have a great idea, what you're doing is allowing us to fail. So bring it out. I wanna hear from everybody. We're gonna digest all these inputs and we're gonna make sure that we not only survive, but thrive and make 2021 better for you because i was having a discussion with my wife and i was it was around customer service and um and how people would address some customer service representatives uh not in such a nice way right they're just trying to do a job Mm. but the but but there's a responsibility on leadership to put out some type of policy that will not let a customer run over their customer service representative. Now, I'm not saying defend them if they're wrong. I'm saying have something that customers understand that you are protecting them, but you're going to protect your first customer, which is your people. And so if we mm-hmm. had leadership like that, customer service would be very yeah. happy <laughs> and a lot of people would thrive. Yeah, no, that,
1: that's, that's interesting. And, and that was actually my first job many years ago as a customer service representative. And, and I, I didn't like that job, really. Honestly, I didn't like that I ran away on time before I got burned out. But that was part of the reason that I felt that no one is supporting me. Right um, neither the customers nor the system, and that felt like a very bad place to be. I want to say about this scenario that you just described that this is beautiful, how you describe it this the, you know the CEO sitting with all the people and having their input. I love this and I want to say more to that that this is a real it's not just a, an imaginary scenario, this is a real thing that can happen and the, the reason I know that because we have done this. Um, for a few years now this is how we run um, this is our methodology this is how we work with, with teams and leaders and companies and I absolutely love those situations in which the top management totally gets it that, that they don't know what they don't know so they bring everyone in and those are the most beautiful and profound processes because you know you have everyone's input. Those are the transformative um, processes because they go bottom up and up to bottom all, all, all across the board and they really change to the deep core of things. So I love that you described this scenario because I've seen this happening and I would like to see more of those, not just from the few companies that are really. I want to see more. This is
0: totally our objective for the, for the coming years. Yeah and I agree I, I'm, I'm on board with uh, more companies adopting that type of approach to their people. Um, you know it, it is what I teach uh, executives and leaders that are struggling and college students um, but it's one thing to teach it is one is another thing to see it happen right So we want to see it happen. Yes. We want uh, folks whether you get to talk to me or not, hopefully you're listening and say okay hey that's a good idea let me let me do that Um, because your people deserve it you're you're you know yes they're getting paid Uh, okay they're coming in for whatever time frame that you have them designated to come in to do whatever designated job that you have them to do but there's an a secondary responsibility to your people you're there to make sure that they thrive at your company not survive which is mostly what people do they survive one job to hop onto another job and survive there until they retire and then they call it quits right so let's not let's let's change the narrative let's change the dynamic of our environment and help our people out
1: Exactly, exactly. And this disengagement, and when people are not being valued, that, that's a bigger cause of burnout than the workload. Don't start with the workload, start with, you know, value your people and their opinion. That's a big one that's key here in burnout prevention.
0: Wonderful. Oh, uh, Davida, the, the, the book that you had uh, published. Um, Where can people get that uh, readily to start reading and and preparing? We just talked about a strategy for 2021. How can they prepare and where where can they get that?
1: The book is available on Amazon, both as a print book and as an ebook, And hopefully soon enough as an audio book, but that's still in the process. It's called Burning Out Won't Get You There. And um, yeah, I hope it will help people to check. Change
0: something, even start with one step. Well, well, we'll definitely be putting that as part of the video. So uh, look out for that if you're listening or you're watching on YouTube. Um, I'll have that as part of the notes where you can get that. Uh, and if somebody wanted to talk to you and discuss burnout situations at their company, how can they do that?
1: Well, first of all, I love talk about this topic. Uh, So I do welcome anyone who just needs to talk at the beginning. Before we do anything, just, you know, to open up this conversation is so important. Just talk about this issue. People can find me through my website, davidaginter.com, or through LinkedIn. I spend quite some time there. I love this platform, so I'm available there as well as you probably know. And yeah
0: outstanding well um you know we're coming to a close not only uh with our show for this year uh but with the year itself so leaders i, I hope that you have enjoyed the content throughout the year uh i, I was talking to the that uh, we we dissect the leader a leader is not just a position it is multifaceted a uh, position in life and it requires a lot of attention personally and externally and, and folks coming in and helping you out throughout, throughout your process. But it's a very technical thing to uh, get into. Uh, it should not be getting too lightly. Uh, you should be thinking about the many things that you can affect as a leader uh, and the many ways that you can actually uh, promote enrichment and success of your people. Uh, and that takes a deliberate digesting or dissecting of what a leader is. So, thank everybody for joining us uh, to today's uh, session. Uh, we spoke about burnout, uh, a very worthy subject to talk about at the end of the year and going into 2021. Uh, David, thank you so much for your time, thank for you. sharing with us. I know it's evening over there uh, in Israel. Uh, But uh, for all those listening, uh, take a look at all the episodes, we're going to have her information as part of the video and the content, so you can get a hold of her. Uh, But as we love to share and uh, close our show, success to you. Happy New Year. May it be prosperous. May health, safety and joy be on your side. And until next year, have a good one. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I'd love to hear suggestions for our future shows or any remarks you may have that will help us improve. Until then, success to you.